0: Welcome to the Never Settle podcast, my name is Mel Clark and I am passionate about helping people realise that settling for second best is no longer an option and that everyone deserves to live the life they truly desire. Today we meet a friend of mine, Alex Franklin. She's done everything from working in TV production, being a yoga teacher, travelling all around the world, lived in an ashram for about 18 months, worked on a yacht, did affiliate marketing, done some coaching. You name it, Alex has done it. And it's just amazing to hear her journey how the universe has had her back the whole way. That was until she actually did have a proper back problem. But even then, eventually, the universe got her back on track. So enjoy Alex's wonderful mystery tour. Hey, Alex, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining me today. How are you doing?
1: Oh, really
0: good, thank you. It's really nice to be here with you. Um, Right, so uh, for the listeners, Alex is a friend of mine. I met Alex, Oh, is it getting on for two years ago?
1: Yeah, I would say so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and we met in San Diego, and I'd never met her before, and we shared a bed for the week. (laughs) Um, To put it into context... (laughs) We were were both out there for the same event. There was um, an online marketing event that was happening, a big one out in San Diego, and there was a group of us that shared a house. So it was, and it was cool. So we became friends from that week, um, and we stayed friends ever since. And and Alex is uh, a girl after my own heart. She has been looking to change her life and do something that really uh, feels purposeful. And she wants to be her own boss. She wants to control her own destiny. And uh, she's had a she's had a, a nice, interesting journey over the last few years. So um, I think I'll hand over to Alex, and um, so we'll welcome Alex, and I'm sure the listeners are going to love to hear your story.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess it goes back quite far, really. I mean, it's it's one of those journeys. It's not been a straight line, let's put it that way. And uh, there's been a lots of like curves in the in the road. Um, So I suppose I have to go back to around 2012 um, when I just basically was in a place where I was totally burnt out working, you know, the kind of normal corporate nine-to-five. But I say that and it obviously wasn't nine-to-five. It was a lot longer hours. um, And I was exhausted and I just felt really... Um, I was miserable you know I remember just having no energy at the end of the day to do anything that I wanted to do I remember that I would just kind of drink my sorrows away on a Friday or Saturday night and then Sunday was just like I was knackered and would just sleep and and then the week would start again and after a period of time of doing that I was like there was something inside of me that was Literally, just like screaming, No, like you, this is not the way to live. Like, I cannot continue like this for another, uh, however many years it would have been, you know, another probably 30, 40 years. What job was um, it? Alex? Sorry, what job was it? Well, so I used to work in television production. Mm. Um, so I was, you know, like when I left the university, I was really, I was always really passionate about music, and I wanted to be working in the music industry, and I ended up working at MTV. So, it was awesome, you know, I had some really fun times, and I um, climbed my way up the ladder, not not with MTV, but um, as a freelancer, I ended up getting into TV production, and then you kind of move around different companies for a project, that's how it works in television production. And... The first few years was really fun, you know, I had energy, I was young, I was driven, I was excited to live this like glamorous London media life. And, you know, I was going to parties with celebrities and that kind of thing. But after a few years, and as I kind of got higher up the ladder, it just started to lose its shine. And I was really, I was really just kind of not that, not, I wasn't really that passionate about what I was doing, I guess, like the kind of TV shows that we were making, they weren't anything that particularly um, felt meaningful to me. And I just found that the amount of hours I was having to work, it just took away from any other side of my life, you know, like my health went downhill. I didn't have time to have relationships. Um, I, I, I did have a relationship for some of that and that went downhill Um, you know I just didn't get to spend time with my friends and I remember one of the really pivotal points for me was when I just got this new project and it was actually quite good money and I it was one of the highest paid um, roles that I'd had to date and I was you know like feeling Kind of like okay, maybe this is going to be a new turning point. Like it was a new company, maybe things will be different here. And I just remembered that the same old stuff started to happen. Where I'd be in the office till like nine, ten o'clock at night. I was having to cancel appointments with friends, and it was on one of those occasions where one of my best friends, oldest friend from school, who I've known since I was like eleven, um, we had <coughs> we had arranged, excuse me, had arranged to go out and i had to text her and say to her i'm still at work like there's no point coming like i'm not getting out of here for at least another few hours because when you were on production you have to stay until the job's done and the role i was in was always the first person in office and the last person to leave because i was sorting out all of the logistics all of the travel all of the equipment and all that kind of stuff um So, yeah, it was on that occasion. And my friend actually said to me, just quit. (laughs) I was like, what? And she was like, this is insane. Like, I haven't, you're so unhappy, you know, like the brief conversation that we had, she because she knew me so well. And she was like, come and meet me. Like, we're going to talk about it. And I don't think we met that night because I couldn't. But we did meet shortly afterwards. And yes, it was kind of like she gave, she opened up my eyes and it's almost like she gave me permission. It's like, what? I can actually quit? (laughs) You you mean I can do that? Like, because I think there's such a stigma, you know, around, around that. And I guess I was afraid and obviously my mind is like, well, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How am I going to pay my rent? Who's going to employ me again if I quit this job? And obviously all of that went through my head. um so yeah so anyway I ended up having a good conversation with her I ended up quitting that job and I ended up moving back in with my mum for a few months and I just decided to give myself time and I didn't I had no clue what I was going to do um I really didn't no I didn't have any answers but I just knew that I needed time and I needed to rest because I was I was so excited I mean I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown you know I was high anxiety all the time mega stress like really like burnt out you know and so I just had to take time to go and rest and the only place I could kind of do that and not worry about bills and all that kind of stuff was with my mum So, I did that for a couple of months, and during that time, I started to think about what I'd actually like to do and what would be something that would, you know, feel more meaningful, something that would light me up. And I started to think about training to become a yoga teacher. Now, they didn't actually train immediately, and this is why I say my journey is like not a straight line because I didn't, I had these massive limiting beliefs that I wasn't good enough to be a yoga teacher. You know, um, in my mind, a yoga teacher was like skinny and blonde and could wrap their feet (laughs) around their head. yeah like it seems stupid now but you know I really didn't feel that I I was like me a yoga teacher like no um but it was the only thing at that time that I could really think of that I felt passionate about and the reason for that was because it was that when I went to yoga class it was probably the only thing that I even though I didn't do it regularly but that I would fit in during my busy schedule And when I did get to go, it was like the only moment in my day where I would feel any sense of peace. So it was so special to me. I wanted to share that with other people. Um, Anyway, I didn't train to become a yoga teacher at that point. And I actually went off and traveled around the world and (laughs) decided to go and train to work on super yachts instead. Somebody told me about this, (coughs) excuse me. Um, and I was like okay like the other thing I love is travel and so I decided to go and do this because I heard that you could you know travel and earn really good money um so I went and did that for a while that was a bit of a disaster (laughs) what job did you do on there so I was a stewardess um so essentially that basically means you're like making beds you're doing the washing the ironing maybe you're doing a bit of waitressing serving food and drinks I was like the the newest member and obviously like uh, the less experienced member so I didn't get to do any of the waitressing so I ended up like basically in the Uh, oh the mess that's what it's called I've forgotten all of the terminology but in the crew mess which is the very lowest part of the boat I was basically in there in the little washing room ironing clothes for like 14 hours a day
0: oh really (laughs) oh my goodness
1: yeah so this idea of like living some kind of glamorous lifestyle was total fantasy um And it it made no sense to me because, yes, we got to go to some nice places, but I was on that boat for about six months. And during that time, I, I think I had no more than like maybe four or five days on land. So if we were on the boat we were working if the owners were on the boat or they get or there were guests on the boat then we were we were working so the only time we got any days off or any rest was if if they went away for a while or if they went out for the whole day but even then there were things to do so we got very minimal um free time, like even less than when I was working in the TV career, right? (laughs) I what's going on here?
0: You didn't learn your lesson,
1: did you? I didn't learn my lesson, (laughs) no. Um, And uh, yeah, we had, you know, I had like a few days on land. And and then when we had those days on land, all of the other members of the crew, they would just head straight to the local, to like some glamorous bar. And they were kind of acting as though they were almost like as rich as these people who owned the yacht yet not living that lifestyle at all and for me I was like this is insane like I've got one day on land the last thing I want to do is go and spend the whole day drinking champagne and I mean yeah that sounds nice maybe in the evening, <laughs> but..." I'd like to go and see some of this country that, you know, that's, that's why I wanted to do this so I could explore and see new places. And so I very quickly realized that it wasn't the right industry for me. The the kind of, I just feel like the values of the people that were, that, I've, that I met anyway, I'm not saying that for everyone, but the values of the people that I met did not line up with my values. So I was really not very happy on that boat. Um, so I came home and this is all, you know, this is like probably a few years where I, I travelled for a bit and then I worked on a boat and I travelled for a bit and then I came home again like, okay, I really haven't learned my lesson. Um, what am I gonna do now? And during that time when I've been travelling, I had had a um a little bit of experience of so this is a whole nother story, um that happened <laughs> Mm -hmm. It happened before the boat, actually, because it was kind of like I went and did some training and then I went to Costa Rica and then I got the job on the boat. So while I was in Costa Rica, I got offered um, a job in a hostel there. Just because I'd I'd kind of stuck around longer than most people do, and that was because I'd met a guy. <laughs> so I I like I was traveling. I didn't have any particular schedule, and I ended up staying at this one hostel for a few weeks. And after you know a week or so of being there, the owners said to me, "Oh, um, would you like to work here a little bit? And then you know you can save <laughs> money." Um, and so I was like, "Yeah, that sounds good." And so I decided that um, during that time, it was probably one of the happiest uh, like job roles that I'd had. And the reason I loved it so much was because all I was doing was like when people would arrive I would like greet them I would talk to them about their travels where they'd been where they were going you know check them in show them around make them feel at home make them breakfast in the morning that kind of thing and and it was fairly chilled it was a very chilled atmosphere there was no stress um, and so when I came back after all that stuff with the boat came back to the UK um I started thinking, well maybe if I could do something like that in England, that would be something I would enjoy. And I did some research and I had stayed before at I'm sure you will have heard of um the Youth Hostel Association. Yeah. So it's a company, a charity that we have here in the UK, and they have hostels, which are effectively low budget accommodation, um, not the type of hostel that's like for homeless people. Sometimes people get confused. Um, But, you know, you would have schools would go and stay there, couples would stay there, walk hikers, you know, anyone could stay there, basically like a cheap hotel. And they are a charity and their ethos is all about getting people out of the city and into the countryside. And obviously the people that go there are these people that like to explore and travel and that kind of thing. So I ended up working there. Um, and fit, like, because it, because I enjoyed that experience in Costa Rica and I thought, oh, maybe, you know, it will be the same here. And although it was okay for a while it was very different to Costa Rica and I guess that's because of the culture you know there's a lot more red tape a lot more protocols a lot more health and safety a lot mm. more kind of like mundane things that we had to deal with um so fast forward in for like a, a, how long did I work with them like maybe maybe it was a year or so it might have been a bit more than that but I ended up Basically, getting a slip disc in my back, and this was kind of like again one of those pivotal turning points. Um, the The pain had been getting gradually worse and worse um, over a period of months, and I hadn't really been getting the proper like help that I needed. Like every time I would go to the doctor, they would just give me pills. Um, and because I was work working quite busy hours and shift work and stuff like that, um I again wasn't taking care of myself as well as i as well as I should be really um, so I ended up it was around my thirtieth birthday, I believe, or maybe it was thirty first i'm not sure um but I ended up basically having to uh, basically admit defeat and and decide that I again had to quit this job and go home to my mum so it was really demoralising because I'd got to the point where if I was standing for more than like an hour I was in pain you know my job I was on my feet all day long and even sitting down I I was in pain so it, it had got really bad and I had neglected to I guess look after it as much as I could Um, because I'd always put work first you know I was putting my responsibilities at work first anyway so I I mean I went off sick I didn't quit straight away I went off sick I had to just rest and try and figure all of that out but eventually it led to me quitting that job Um, and it was while I was on the osteopath's table like getting some treatment on my back that I had the realisation that I had to go and train to be a yoga teacher. Like, even though at that stage I was in absolutely no fit state to even do yoga, let alone teach it. <laughs> but she was saying to me, she was asking me about my work and she was saying, you know, what is it that you do? and And how have you ended up in this state? Because for for the injury that I had, it was actually quite severe for somebody of my age, and they were very surprised. Like everyone I saw kept being like, Wow, it's so unusual, you're so young, you shouldn't have this yet. Um and she said to me, you know, you really need to start thinking about becoming self-employed so that you can control how much time you spend working, how much time you're on your feet, how much time you're sitting down, you know, all those kind of things so that you can look after your health first. And I think until you have a kind of health scare like or something that, that can really affect the rest of your life, you know, we do kind of just think we're a bit invincible. (laughs) We don't really worry so much. Um, And so it was really eye opening for me. And I'd never really considered that I'd never considered self employment before, really. Um, And in that moment, I was like, I'm back, back where I was like, two years ago with this idea of training to become a yoga teacher and I was like okay like I'm and I kind of made a commitment to myself that as soon as I'm well enough then I'm going to do my teacher training and so it became a um almost like the reward you know and it was like the goal that drove me to like really get better um, i I basically avoided having an operation like that was the the medical advice was to have an operation you know I really didn't want to go down that route, so I saw all the alternative therapies, did really gentle yoga, like physio, and over a period of time, and again, because I just stopped working and actually reduced the stress in my life, um, I did start to get better and Then I guess it was about a year later that I went off to to India and to do my yoga teacher training. So it took you a year to get you back better? I think it was like probably about it was about four months before there was like significant improvement. And then it was probably about six to seven months before I was able to start working again and actually be more active. But then the extra months was at one for me to like, make sure I really was healthy enough because the yoga teacher training is not it's pretty hardcore there's lots of um yoga it can be really physically challenging and um and also I think just because of the timing of the training it might have been a few months extra um so yeah I and then I finally went to India I did my yoga teacher training and it was you know I think I just was like why did I wait so long (laughs) like (laughs) what was I doing? You know, like all the fear and everything just kind of held me back. Um, And it's funny because as soon as I made that decision, I literally felt like all the opportunities, all the doors opened, like everything flowed really easily. Whereas when I'd been on these other paths, like everything had been hard, everything had been a struggle. Like I felt like I was almost banging my head against a brick wall, you know. And I really take that. I really learned that lesson now. Of like, when it feels hard, it's like I'm not supposed to be here. That's why, you know. <laughs>
0: um, but we all do that, don't we? We think, you know, we sort of grow we're sort of taught really hard work is is where it's at and you feel like if you if you are um, if you're not stressed almost that you're probably winging it or you're probably not exerting yourself enough and all that and it's crazy isn't it
1: yeah exactly and I'm still learning that lesson I have to remind myself that every day Um, but yeah as soon as I actually went and did my training it was like you know, I actually felt the healthiest I've ever felt in my whole life during that one month training. And we were sometimes doing yoga for like six or seven hours a day. So it was physically demanding for for someone who'd been, you know, not doing that kind of activity all the time. Um, But we were also on like a vegan, sugar-free, gluten-free diet. You know, it was we had juicing days, and and I felt incredible. Um, But when I came back from India, I basically. literally just opportunities open like I ended up getting um a job in Morocco to teach yoga at a surf school and that was like my first like official yoga teaching role um so that was like really scary but really exciting as well and I got to go and just get over all of those initial fears and I was teaching every single day I think I had one day off a week but it was like morning and evening classes for people who were basically they're on a surfing holiday and it was there to like as an extra to you know help them stretch and that kind of thing and so I did that for a few months and during that time I just was thinking about okay when this is over I need to put some roots down I need to you know I need to decide where I'm going to be so that I can really grow my yoga business and um because I'd been such a nomad before that, you know, all that travelling that I'd done and being on the super yacht, I hadn't had a base really for a good few years. And during that time, I decided that I was going to move to Bristol. And it was a whole bunch of synchronicities that happened. I didn't know anything about Bristol. I think I knew one person who I'd worked with at the YHA who lived in Bristol. But what, Why Bristol? Yeah, exactly. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> right? That was what my mind was asking, why Bristol? But... It kept coming up in conversation and I I had been asking, I'd basically been saying, okay, like where am I gonna go? And I grew up in London, but I didn't want to be in London. I knew that much. I knew that I wanted to be somewhere a bit smaller, a bit um I'm not quieter, because Bristol's still a big city, but just not so I guess stressed and busy as London I was at this point in my life I was like doing everything to eliminate stress you know (laughs) Um, and I kept meeting people during this phase where I was trying to decide where I would go and Bristol kept coming up in conversation and until that point it had never been something that had come up in conversation so it was noticeable you know I was like huh. Like I'd meet someone who lived in Bristol or I'd meet someone who went to university in Bristol or I'd meet someone whose sister was living in Bristol and it just kept happening. I was like, okay, I think I need to go and check out Bristol. So I, I got home and I went, I did go to Bristol for a day and I fell in love with the place in, it's full of like, kind of creative people, alternative people, lots of yogis there. Um, And yeah, I fell in love with it and was like, okay, yeah, this feels really good. And then I was trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to make this shift? You know, because essentially I don't know anybody here. I have no job. I want to start a yoga business and pretty low on money because of the last few years of everything that happened with my back and spending all my money on the training and, um, and my mind was kind of looking at these like limited ideas of how we could solve this solution, right? And my mind is saying, okay, well, you're probably going to have to go and still live with your mum for a while. You're probably going to have to get a part-time job or a job or whatever and save up um, and, and then move to Bristol when you've got some money and you know all these kind of things. And I think I'd been back for about five days and I literally had an opportunity land in my lap to buy an existing yoga business in Bristol. And it was so random because there's no reason for that to land on my lap, you know, and it did. and. The thing was, I didn't have any money to buy this yoga business. So there's a part of me that's like, oh, this is amazing. And then there's another part of me that's like, yeah, but I I don't have any money for this. But I was so excited about the possibility of it. And I was so sure that I was supposed to go to Bristol and teach yoga that I decided to look into it. I thought, what's the harm in sending an email? What's no harm in having a conversation? So I started emailing with this lady had a conversation back and forth, she invited me to go to Bristol and have, you know, more of a conversation. And, and so I decided to do that all the while, I'm not sure how I can buy this business. Um, and then I can't remember the time frame, but it wasn't long. It was you, like talking days and weeks, you know, nothing longer than that. Um, And then one day, literally a check arrived in the post that would cover the business and also a little like, so I had something to go there and actually live on initially. And I was just like dumbfounded, like, oh, my God. So like when I say doors opened, like. Where did the check come from? Well, so essentially what happened was my mum had this pension that she had totally forgot about she didn't even know she had and she has some that she knew about and then she had this other one that apparently she'd forgotten about and it had come to the end of its term or something like that and so they had sent her I don't know what happened but my mum got this check in the post it was a lot more than what I ended up with but then my mum knowing the situation that I was in she was like I I can now help you like if you want me to help you I can loan you the money that you need and that wouldn't have been an option before because my mum didn't have that kind of money just spare hanging around you know um so yeah it was uh very very random <laughs> and I ended up moving to Bristol within it was a really short amount of time so they it was i remember it was towards christmas time because i'd come back from morocco just a bit before christmas so that i could be with family and everything for christmas and then all this happened within a few weeks before christmas and i moved to bristol at the beginning of january and started teaching yoga in the new school term when the kids went back to school in like the first second week of january so it was like a whirlwind of like, Oh, I've got to come back. I'm going to have to get a job. I'm going to have to save money. It's going to take ages to make this transition. And it was no more than a couple of months, like the whole thing. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like the, the kind of story of how I ended up in Bristol teaching yoga and it, you know, like, I, I mean, I loved it. Like I was so happy, you know, I was really loving, um, sharing, this knowledge and helping people with their well help help teaching kids this you know stuff that you know is way beyond stretching. Um, and also I was teaching adults as well. So I was also really loving sharing it with them. Um, yeah, hang on, excuse me one second. <laughs> um, so yeah I ended up doing that for a few years and I mean, it's just crazy, my story, really, when I tell it like this, it's like there's so many twists and turns, you know. Um, and after a few years of teaching in, in Bristol, I got to the point where I, I wanted to learn like more knowledge. I wanted to um, kind of dive deeper into yoga studies and stuff like that. And I ended up like having a whole other bunch of synchronicities that got me a job in an ashram in India. And so I then went to India and lived in an ashram over there for it was about 18 months, I think, in total. What did you do with your yoga round? Did you sell it? No. So at that stage, I had teachers covering for me. So after about a year, um i think after about a year of teaching i was so I, there was too much demand for the business for me to manage like that's how quickly it grew i started off with like because because the business it was like part time when i took it over because the lady who was selling it to me had scaled it down because she had other responsibilities so i had like maybe three or four classes a week when I started and then within a year I was having to hire another teacher to help take more classes on um so it grew really quickly um but what I did when I went away is yeah I I mean I wasn't doing any marketing to grow it but we kept all the existing classes and I had people covering them for me because I didn't know you know, I didn't know what was going to happen in India. I didn't know if I was going to like it. I didn't know how long I was going to be there. So I didn't want to just, like, get rid of everything that I'd built in Bristol. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother story, like a whole nother story of synchronicity of how that happens because I was literally on my mat meditating one day and I was trying to visualise what I wanted from this, like, I knew that I wanted to go and do my training. I knew that I wanted to learn from a like traditional, like Indian master, like someone where yoga was like in their, in their family, in their lineage. Um, and I, I, but, but it's really overwhelming, right? There's so many yoga schools and trainings and things out there that I didn't know. Um, I didn't really know where to begin so I just meditated on it. And in my meditation that day, a name of a school popped into my head. And it was it was a school that I had heard about during a really brief conversation years ago um, when I had gone to do a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And I'd had a really short conversation with somebody at the end as we were leaving. And she'd mentioned this yoga school. Never heard of them before. Never followed up or knew or heard of them since so I had forgotten about it but it popped into my mind on that day so I went online and googled them and found out about them and the you know I opened up the website and the first thing I see is like this little Indian guy with big beard long hair like wearing the I don't even know what it's called but like basically kind of like cloth you know (laughs) I'm not explaining it very well sorry but <laughs> um, and um, and I ended up approaching them and and long story short um, they had a job for a ashram manager that they were looking to fulfill and I wanted to go there and like kind of learn more but also also, teach and and work you know I didn't want to just go as a student and so we had this conversation and yeah they were looking for an ashram manager and because of my experience at the youth hostel association before it made me like the perfect candidate because not only was I a yoga teacher but I also had experience of like supervising and managing kind of low budget accommodation which is what an ashram is Um, And so it's interesting because when I look back, even though some of those experiences weren't great, I can see that they were lining me up for like where I needed to be and the experience I needed to have. Um yeah, so went to India, did more studies, more training, um, helped them with managing the ashram, and also ended up teaching teacher trainings as well for students, you know, for people who wanted to train to be a yoga teacher. Um, And I came back from India. uh, When did I come back? 2000, I guess that would have been the year before I met you. Yeah, the year before I met you. So I came back from India, 2018. And around that time, I was trying to figure out how I could make money from anywhere (laughs) and the reason I say that is because I'd become like I, I had all these contacts and I had all this work in India that I could continue to do if I wanted to but I also was you know had spent quite a long time at that point away from home and I wanted to spend more time at home with friends and family and so I was in this situation now where during you know during that time the the business in Bristol had wound down a little bit because obviously I wasn't there to like do all the marketing and you know my students had found other teachers and that kind of thing um and I wasn't convinced um, that's a whole other story but anyway I I basically needed to um to to have a way of making income no matter where I was. So I was in this situation where I knew that like, okay, I can go to Bristol and I can teach and earn money there. I can go to India and I can teach and earn money there. But all of it was dependent on me still trading my time for money. Um, And that was the thing that became really apparent to me. It was like the next, you know, the next stage. Like initially it was like, okay, like I need to be self-employed. And I was like figuring all of that out. and and, And then I realized, well, actually, if I really want more kind of freedom and how I spend my time is like really down to me, then actually I need to find a way to make some kind of passive income or like where I'm not restricted to having to be in one location, having to be trading my time for money. So I was kind of in that place of where I was like, okay, what's next for me? And, you know, what do I, what do I want for my, for my future? Um, and that was around the time that I discovered SFM and obviously met you and then entered into this whole world of online marketing and yeah, started to learn learn all about that so yeah that's a very long (laughs) story of like how I kind of got roughly where I am today.
0: (laughs) It's kind of amazing listening to the the turn of events and, and the synchronicities and what happened it was just like reading a law of attraction book I mean you must have um you must have had the power to you know for that all to happen and like you say to have had the youth hostel experience when you know, that was just amazing, wasn't it? To be able to go and fulfill that role. Um, so so you came back from India, obviously you were missing home and friends, etc. And then realized you needed another way to earn money and, it, and that ended up being online. Um, what drove that really? Was it just a case of, like you said, I know the trade in the time for money, but i mean you've had a pretty exciting background in terms of like all these different places countries you've been and all that you know i'm sitting here quite jealous to be honest because i'm like <laughs> what have i done with my life <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah but but i guess i know i know you've mentioned a couple of times about not having a base and stuff like that as well mm. so, So when you found SFM and you you started to do the online stuff, what what sort of happened next? Because I know that's been a bit of a weavy, wavy one for you as well.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah i mean i think to answer the first question i think the main thing for me at that time was i wanted the ability to earn money from anywhere and the main reason for that was because i just didn't know where i was going to be I, I didn't have like i don't have kids i don't have a partner so i didn't have something holding me in one place and i have that urge to travel and explore but i also love my family and friends you know so I needed more freedom basically more flexibility um so I'd say that that was the main driving thing um yeah so I started um doing all of the SFM training I built my own affiliate business you know it took a little while to get it going um and then uh, I guess after so that that would have been in like July 2018 and but I didn't start marketing really until kind of like I did a little bit early 2019 which is around the time I met you and that was really like my very first like testing the waters and then I kind of stopped and reshot things and like improved improved things and I probably started marketing in April and Yeah, very quickly started making sales, uh, which was really exciting, you know, it was like I'd been learning for so long, like learning all these new skills and setting up the kind of back end and all this kind of thing. And, and um, it was really exciting to actually start to to see that starting to grow. Um, But I was on a very, I had very limited funds. um, And so I was on a short timeline with like okay this is how much money i've got to spend on marketing and when that's gone it's gone kind of thing um so during so i i just i kept like working on the business and i kept uh, you know learning and growing and and all of that but in the back of my mind i also had a deadline of like okay by this date and i think it was september i was saying to myself by the beginning of september i need I need to have some kind of other regular income if things haven't like really taken off with the business, even though they were growing, you know, it was still, it was like a trickle. Um, and so I had in my mind, okay, you know, I will start looking for a job like a month or so before that. And, um, you know, that was kind of like my plan anyway. Um, so during this time, um, obviously one of my one of my mentors, Dan, um, I'd like kind of had a lot of contact with him. I was joining a lot of his training videos and stuff like that, or, or webinars. I used um, to
0: meet Dan a couple of days ago. You did what? Uh, Dan was on the podcast a couple of days ago.
1: Oh, was he. Oh, that's funny. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so your viewers know who he is then. <laughs> um yeah so or listeners I should say um so yeah um he basically he rung me one day and so I think now this is around like the end of July so okay hang on I've missed a bit so (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, So around the end of July, I think I started to do the first little bit of like looking for work. Like I had sales that were coming in. The business was growing, but I didn't want to get to the point where I didn't have any marketing budget. I couldn't keep that growth. So I was like, okay, let me have a look, see if I can get um, some kind of part time work just to keep keep me moving forwards with this. And at that stage, you know, this whole like online business, digital marketing world was still quite new to me. I'd only been in it for like a year. And so when I, when I went online to look for jobs, I didn't want to look at anything that I'd done in the past because it didn't, I wasn't connecting to that anymore. I, I couldn't really do the like yoga teaching because again, the location, like I, people had to know where I was going to be if I was going to teach them yoga. Um, And at that stage, I hadn't thought of doing it online. I mean, this is how crazy this world has been, that like now all yoga teachers are online.
0: Um,
1: But so I started looking for something that would have used my new skills. And of course, when I looked, I just... Because these were new skills to me, I didn't feel that confident around them. And I wasn't convinced that I could actually apply for some of these jobs and, you know, actually get the jobs. So I kind of had this like half, half half-assed attempt of like looking for jobs and then kind of being like, Oh, like what, who am I kidding? Like, you know, again, self-limiting beliefs coming up. Um, so I just kind of put it to one side because I was like, it's okay. I've still got time. Like, I don't have to worry about this yet. Um, And then I kid you not, it was the next day that I got a message from Dan saying, Oh, can we have a like, have you got a time to have a chat later? And my immediate reaction was, oh my God, what have I done wrong? (laughs) I literally was like, oh God, I must have done something wrong in my marketing, or because it was just unusual for him to reach out to like want to talk to me. You know, it's like, what's what's this all about? Anyway, I get on the call with him later that afternoon. And he basically says to me that his assistant is moving on to other things. And they're having a bit of a reshuffle with his team. And they've got some gaps they need to fill. And do I want a job? And I was just like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> because it again, it was like, it just landed in my lap. It was like, using all of the new skills that I was learning, I would have been able to keep using them and learn and grow even more. And I was basically like being offered a job with someone who'd been a huge inspiration to me and, you know, I was incredibly inspired by. Um, So it was like, I couldn't even have imagined a job that good, you know, landing in my lap. And I didn't even have to update my CV to, (laughs) to get it, you know? Like and I was just gobsmacked. Um, and the funny thing is that after I started, so obviously I said yes, and I started working with Dan and scrapped the nine to five. Um, and after that, it was, it was a little while after I then got one of my largest sales in my business. I I got a black sale. Well, it was called a black sale back then. Um, and um yeah just like so like you know the business was kind of taking off as well but it was in that moment that i realized i've actually got what i came here for which is the location freedom because the job i had was strapped the 9 to 5 you know was a remote position. Nobody, like, well, everybody in that team works from home or wherever they are, as lo- you know, as long as they've got their laptop and, and Wi-Fi connection. So, like earlier this year, I spent a month, and, and I'm feel incredibly grateful that I got to do this um, before COVID and everything. But I spent a month in Australia in February. Because I could still work when I was over there, I went over there for some sfm events, and a lot of people came over or came to the events just for like the week or you know ten days, and I ended up staying there for a whole month and um, you know con- was able to continue doing my work for Dan um, and uh, yeah it 's funny because I then you know I-, I did actually start to lose a little bit of passion for affiliate marketing after that stage. And I, and for a while I didn't really understand why, but then I realized, well, because I'd already had, I already got what I wanted, you know, I, I, um, I got the location freedom and that was my main driver. Um, and, um, yeah, so this year has been really more, um, I think from the beginning of this year, I've been on a path of trying now to find something that is really more connected to like my passions and, and my purpose. And I, I did a coaching accreditation earlier this year because I feel much more connected to a kind of online business where I'm actually, I, I like, I want to connect a bit more with people and I coaching for me as, you know, it's just so, so powerful. Um, and like helping people to have like breakthroughs and stuff is so amazing. Cause I, I basically did a bit of coaching when I worked for scrap the nine to five for some of, um, some of like Dan's members and I loved it. And so I started to kind of look at that and consider that for, for my own business. And then in April, I, I actually left scrap the nine to five cause I, I just decided that I, I'd kind of learned everything that I could learn there. There wasn't really any more growth available for me, not, at, not at this time anyway. Um, and so I left Scrap Nine to Five. And again, I, like, this is another thing. Like I didn't know where I was going and most people would think I'm insane because this happened during the first lockdown, you know? So like, people are losing their jobs and like anyone who has a job, they can work from home on the internet, like is obviously incredibly grateful for that job right now. But I, it, for me, it had got to the point where I, I needed to leave because I, I needed that growth again. And I'm never happy in any situation where I'm not growing. Um, So I quit my job, again, not knowing what was going to happen, where I was going to go, what I was going to do, this vague idea that I was going to do um, a coaching accreditation and you know, something, uh, like maybe something would happen with that, but no grand plans or anything. And five days later, I had a phone call from another member of SFM who just launched earlier this year her own coaching business um, the rebellious business network with, um, Cordelia Kate. And she basically rung me and was like, I heard that you're available and I, I'm like, I'm looking for someone to help me because my coaching business is, is basically starting to grow and it's like more than she can cope with. And so I ended up getting offered this job where, um, again, like no CV, no, um, you know, haven't had to apply for a job or anything like that. And I ended up having massive growth, you know, getting exactly what I wanted and in the coaching area. So I you know, I I help her with all sorts of things, but part of my role is is coaching as well. This um at, coaching. sorry, what'd you say?
0: This is business coaching.
1: Yeah, it's business coaching. And um, I mean, I focus mostly on the mindset stuff and Cordelia does the strategy. So she, um, yeah, she does the kind of like traditional business strategy coaching. And then when anyone's struggling with any mindset issues, like that's where I come in. And it's been incredible because from this business, she launched it literally at the beginning of lockdown she'd been doing a little bit of coaching before that but just a handful of people and then she launched the rebellious business network i think it was in march and it was about um a month or so ago when she reached six figures with with that business and it's just grown enormously and we now have another member um, on our team as well so, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's basically where I am today.
0: <laughs> um, Funnily enough, I am going to reach out to Cordelia and uh, see if she'll do an interview on here. Um, mm-hmm. based on what's happened for her over the last few months, I think it's really exciting. Um, and fair play to her cause she's a mother of three young children and used to be a nurse. So it's, you know, it's amazing. Um, you missed out Thailand. I remember you were living out in Thailand for a while. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was during the time when I was building my SFM business. That was just before I met you. So I, I obviously found SFM uh, kind of July two thousand eighteen, and at that time I went fully focused, like one hundred percent. I'm I'm on this. I didn't uh, I didn't have any other work or distractions, and um, I decided because I I'm not a fan of the English winter, and um, it's actually like I think I had four or five years in a row where I was not in the UK for winter. Um, so yeah, last year and this year is uh, tricky. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, so I went over to Thailand and and just was living over there for about four or five months over the winter and working on my business. And yeah, it's really funny because it was my very first SFM event and I met two guys on that day like there are hundreds of people at these events right and you don't have time to talk to everybody and two of the people that I met that day were also going to Thailand in October which was exactly the same but within about a week or 10 days of the date that I was arriving and we all ended up on the same island in Thailand all of us working on our SFM business and also you know just having fun in Thailand so yeah I was there like that winter and then i flew from thailand and came to san diego which was That's where i
0: met right, you yeah because yeah, i remember you talking about it and talking about how cheap it was to live out there and it was really uh, at that time i was like oh i quite like the sound of that you know but um yeah. having still got a son at home although he he did leave and went to london last year but with lockdown he's come back um who knows? Who knows? But then I've now got my partner, Matt. So that's like another, you know, what you said, yeah. you know, if you've got a partner, it keeps you somewhere. Yeah. So we shall see. But well, Alex, I mean, I knew some of your story. Um, I mean, we've talked about it over red wines and gins. So some of it's hazy as well. So that was a great refresher for me. It's amazing what, um, it's just amazing the journey you've been on. I, I don't know whether you really fully appreciate that. It really is. Yeah. Um, and, uh it just shows you what's possible because, you know, you were in the rat race and then a comment from a friend sort of gave you that inspiration to think, yeah, this isn't right. And that gave you the inspiration then to, to go on and do everything that you did thereafter. And, um, and it just, yeah, it just sounds amazing. And and I always like to, I mean, we're we're at the hour. I always like to finish these interviews by saying to yourself, um, if you could give any words of wisdom um, to somebody that might be sat there unhappy in a a career or unhappy in some part of their life or whatever and not quite knowing how to get out of it or not quite knowing what the step would be what what do you think would be an easy way for somebody to start making a change for themselves
1: yeah um I think the thing is that you just have to take the leap and you know it's when you're in that stage of being really unhappy with the situation that you're in that the motivation can be the highest, you know, to make the change, but it's only the fear that holds you back. It's the fear that stops you fear of the unknown. But when you take the leap, you open up possibilities to a whole nother world that you didn't have that you weren't open to before. Like every time I've quit a job, every time I've, you know, traveled somewhere new. I've never known what's going to happen. You can't know what's going to happen. But if you take the step, you actually open up to possibilities that something amazing can happen. Mm. So yeah, the only advice I can give you really is just, just literally take the leap and don't be afraid if you don't have all the answers, if you don't know, like it doesn't matter. You don't need to have all the answers because each step that you take will reveal the next step and that's all if you look at my journey that's all it's been it's been one step has led to the next has led to the next and I could not have said you know all those years ago that I would be sitting here doing what I'm doing now there's no way I could have predicted that but I'm incredibly grateful that I am so yeah Yeah.
0: okay that's perfect well, thank you so much for your time. Um, if people want to find out a little bit more about Alex, where could they find you, Alex?
1: Um, oh, everything's kind of a bit on hold at the moment while I figure out my new direction. Um, but I'm on Instagram, um, Alex Franklin Coaching. So maybe follow Alex me there. Alex what? Alex Franklin Coaching. I think that's what <laughs> it's called. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, yeah, follow me on Instagram and um, that's probably where I'll update as I, as I figure out what, what I'm doing and as things evolve, yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you again. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure.
1: And, thank uh, you. We'll see you soon. Yeah, take care, lovely.
0: Well, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And perhaps the story resonated with your own life or reminded you that perhaps you're also settling for second best. I've been helping people from a young age and realizing that there is more to life than what they are currently settling for. My desire is to give others the love to confidently and respectfully know their value so that they feel joy and are empowered to make a fulfilling difference. If that sounds good to you and you'd like to reach out and connect, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash mel clark coaching that's clark with an e or instagram.com forward slash mel clark coaching enjoy your day